0: Thanks for tuning in to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Nick Allen, the Nashville campus pastor here at our Rolling Hills Nashville location. We are so glad that you've joined us today as we continue with our series, Finish Strong. Today, you'll hear from our lead pastor, Jeff Simmons, as he teaches from Joshua chapters five and six. Now here's Pastor Jeff. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. Welcome to everybody who's watching and joining in today. Welcome people. Here at Franklin, everybody who's here at Nolansville and Nashville, welcome people joining in online, wherever you are in the city or the country or around the world. I believe that God has brought us here for a reason or purpose. For us to worship Him, for us to grow deeper in our faith, for us to be the men and women that He created us to be. And good job, you know, it says remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. You're doing that. The start of the week off with the Lord. Way to go, way to go. Hey, I'm excited. Today we're continuing this series called Finish strong. And this is an amazing, amazing series. We've been walking with the children of Israel as, as they were in slavery in Egypt. And, and they were in slavery. They were in bondage for 400 years. And then they called out to the Lord. We need to deliver help. And God raised up a person named Moses. And maybe you feel like, man, I'm, I'm in trouble, man. Things have been hard or difficult. Call out to the Lord. He answers prayers. I love that. And so he sends Moses and Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, hey, Pharaoh, let God's people go. And Pharaoh says, no way, right? I mean, like I got all these million slaves. I'm not gonna do that. And Moses goes, well, just get ready because he's God and you're not. And Pharaoh thinks, I'm a God, you know? And he's like, no, you're about to find out. And so these 10 plagues happen, these 10 plagues. And the last plague is this. God says to the children of Israel, God says, hey, put the blood of a lamb over the doorpost of your home because the death angel is coming. I mean, this is the big one, right? And if you have blood over the doorpost of your home, the death angel will pass over your home. And that night, families gathered together and they huddled in these homes and they killed a lamb and put the blood over the doorpost of the home. And the death angel came and the firstborn of all the Egyptians died. And Pharaoh goes, he's God, I'm not. These people can go, right? And so a million people come walking out of Egypt. Moses leading them, God parts the Red Sea and they are on this journey to the promised land, the land that God gave to their forefathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And they are going across the wilderness. Would it take about a month journey to go across the wilderness? God sustains his people, gives them manna to eat. He gives them quail and water and they get all the way to the edge of the Jordan to go into the promised land. And they think, wait a minute, Maybe a lot's changed in 400 years since our forefathers were living there. Let's send some spies in the land. So these 12 spies go in the land and they come back and report and 10 of the spies come back and go, wait guys, hey, giants have moved in the land. I mean, there are fortified cities. I mean, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. We can't do it. And two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back and go, guys, remember what God did? He delivered us from the Egyptians, the most powerful army in the world at that time. We've come across a desert. God can do this. But the people sided with fear. The people decided for a life of fear. And so they stayed in the wilderness. And for 40 years, they wandered around the wilderness. But God took care of them, even in that time. But God said, this entire unbelieving generation is going to die off. And I'm going to raise up a new generation. A generation who will trust me. A generation who will follow me. And so the kids began to grow up. Those grandkids began to grow up. And then they had kids of their own. And now 40 years later, they come back to that Jordan River to cross into the promised land. And this time Moses has died. And Joshua is leading the people. And Joshua says, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so the people gathered on the bank of the Jordan, and the Jordan's at flood stage, and they bring the Ark of the Covenant. God leads the way, and as soon as the priest, their feet touch the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It stood up in a heap. And the entire nation passes over on dry ground. And they walked into the land that God had promised them. This beautiful land I can't even imagine. I mean, their minds are blown. It's just incredible seeing God deliver them and bring them back to their land. But God says, hey, you go take the land now. We're not finished. There is more work to be done, Finish strong. And here's the thing, I want all of us to know this. God's not finished with any of us. God's not finished with us as a church. There's still more miracles to come. There's still more things that God wants to do. And God's not finished with any of you. God is at work in your life. There's still breath in your lungs for a reason. Your best days, I believe, are still ahead. So you hold on to God. You trust Him. You follow Him. And let's finish strong. If you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 5. Man, this is so good, right? Joshua chapter 5. Old Testament. Go back there toward the front of your Bible. You've got the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books called the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? I mean, Just amazing, God speaking to His people, and then you come to Joshua, Joshua right there. If you're watching online, just invite you to grab the Rolling Hills app, and you can go there or go to U version. Or if you're here and you've got a mobile device, grab that with you. Or if you've got a Bible, and look here, Joshua chapter five, verse one. It says, "Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites, until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear." And they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. God's Spirit was already moving through the land and saying, this is my land. (laughs) These are my people. And the Holy Spirit going before, right? God's always at work. God's always ahead of us. God's always moving before even in our lives. Look at verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. Now, I want you to think about this, guys. The Passover, right, when the death angel passed over and God spared all the Israelites and God freed them and God told them, hey, now I want you to celebrate this every year. You need to remember, you know, bring your family together and have this Passover meal and remember my miracles. We tend to forget the things that God's done, don't we? And we've prayed before in our lives and God's answered so many times. And then we go on to the next problem, the next crisis. And God says every year, I want you to gather and have the Passover meal. But they had not done this for 40 years. And so Joshua comes and now on the plains of Gilgal, after they crossed over the Jordan River, Joshua says, hey guys, we're gonna celebrate the Passover. We're gonna remember the goodness and grace of God. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped that day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna from the Israelites. But that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Guys, this was amazing. You know, for 40 years, God had sustained them. Every morning they'd wake up and there was a bread-like substance on the ground in the wilderness and they would eat it and it sustained them. The Bible tells us that, you know, it was sweet tasting. It must've been nutritional because I mean, for 40 years it sustained them, right? I imagine it was like, Krispy Kreme donuts, right? Every day <laughs> they wake up in the morning, they go out and there's Krispy Kreme donuts. I mean, it's like amazing. And then there's quail and water, but now they crossed over and now they're in their own land, the land of Canaan and the Krispy Kreme donuts stop. Now I'm probably thinking that they were probably dumb with Krispy Kreme donuts after 40 years, every meal, right? But they go in and they cross over at barley harvest time. So when they walk in, the barley harvest is there. And they're looking at the figs and the grapes and the produce of cane in this land flowing with milk and honey. And I think they just walked into Golden Corral. You know, I mean, it's like, what in the world? I mean, they got a buffet. I mean, they're just looking at going, wow, all of this to eat. And, and it just, man, imagine living in the desert for 40 years and now having all breads and fruits and vegetables. Wow. I mean, There's times in our lives that God just provides immeasurably more than we can imagine. God just gives us things and we look around and we wake up one day and we realize I am blessed beyond measure. And so many of us just living in the United States of America, just the things that we have, and sometimes we always want more, right? But to stop and go, God, thank you, thank you. Look at verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. So Joshua, this general, this leader, he goes to check out Jericho. And this is the big fortified city that's standing right in front of him. The big obstacle right there in their way. And he's scouting it out. And he sees this man with a drawn sword. And Joshua went up to him and he asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Guys, this is what's called a theophany, right? The appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Jesus is the leader of all. Jesus said, I could call down legions of angels and stop the Romans right now if I wanted to. But here, he shows up. And Joshua recognizes and falls on his face in worship. But there are times that you're just so overwhelmed with the presence of God. You go, I just got to (laughs) worship. God, I pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, you're with us. God, you're for us. God, you're with me. You are for me. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So Jericho is this big city. It's all locked up. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. Along with its king and its fighting men, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear the sound of a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. And I bet you if you're Joshua and you're listening to this, you're going, do what now? You know, because here's Joshua a general, right? I mean, he's thinking about training his men, getting ready for battle. He's thinking he needs catapults. And, you know, he needs to be able to have this, you know, going up against a fortified city. What is it going to take? Maybe need siege ramps. And the Lord says, no, here's what I want you to do. Just walk around the city. Six days. And then the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times and the walls are going to collapse. I bet Joshua's like, really? That's, that's the plan, right? <laughs> okay. And here we got to know, is Joshua gonna be obedient? Or is he gonna go, no, I'm gonna go with my plan. I like my plan better. That's that's a good option, Lord. But it says, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest, and he said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance. I love that. Advance, exclamation point. Guys, we're not staying here. We're going forward. We're trusting God advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward. So the ark of the covenant moves out, right? And they go forward, blowing their trumpets. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched around of the priest who blew the trumpets. And the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices, right? Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout, exclamation point. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp and they spent the night there. Now Jericho was a big city, but it was probably about 10 acres. It would have taken them an hour, about an hour to go around the entire city. Now it's fortified, big walls, but they do it. They go out and they walk around the entire city. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carried the seven trumpets, went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Now, I can imagine (laughs) that the first day, all the people in Jericho are probably a little nervous, right? I mean, you got the Ark of the Lord. You've got some fighting men. You've got the whole Israelite nation. And they're walking around the city. The second day, though, they're probably like, what's going on? You know, (laughs) they walk around the city. They go back to their camp. The third day, I bet you the people in Jericho kind of start to mock them, Right? Are you guys lost? Hey, you know, what's going on down there, right? Did your God get the wrong directions, you know? I mean, and probably by the fourth day, they're throwing stuff on them. The fifth day, they're taunting them. They're saying, you guys, what are you doing? You know, you're crazy, all this kind of stuff. But then comes the seventh day. (laughs) And the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. I bet the people in Jericho are going, well, you guys need to go home, right? You were supposed to only go once. Why are you still here? Seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, exclamation point, for the Lord has given you the city, the city that all that are in it to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. Now, who's Rahab? Well, if you go back to Joshua chapter two, you know, when they came to the Jordan River, just like Moses sent 12 spies in, Joshua sent two spies and said, go check out the city of Jericho. And they go there and there's this prostitute Rahab. And she takes the spies and she goes, hey guys, listen, listen, listen. I know that the Lord your God is the one true God. Hey, remember me when God gives you this city. Hold on, remember me and my family. And they made a promise to her, hey, we will remember you. And so here's Joshua saying, hey, Rahab and her whole family, make sure they are spared. We're going to take care of them. But keep away from the devoted things so that you'll not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. We're going to see that next week, guys. It's going to be important. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and they must go in his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed so everyone charged straight in and they took the city. Yeah. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, it must have been so intimidating for the Israelites seeing this giant fortified city and God goes, watch this. You trust me, and I'm gonna deliver it. Praise be to God. Our God is bigger. Hey, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what struggles you're facing. I don't know what challenges you're facing. I don't know what fears you're facing, but I wanna tell you this God's greater. I wanna tell you this, our God is greater, and He is stronger, and He is with you, and He is for you today. Hey, if you're taking notes, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. So if you're at Franklin, Nolansville, or Nashville, I'd love for you to grab a worship guide and, and write some things down. If you're watching online, grab the Rolling Hills app and you can fill in some blanks here just to help us remember. There are some incredible principles for all of us right here that I want you to see. First, I want you to see this. Remember in Joshua one, God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Guys, memorize that verse. Memorize that verse. Hold that in your heart, you know? I love that Joshua did. That God is with me. God is for me. We're gonna trust him. And God is with you and he is for you today. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're discouraged. No, 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 no. God is with you. God is for you and he'll be with you wherever you go. So look at this. Number one, join God in what he's doing. Join God in what he is doing. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked him, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither. Notice that. Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. God invites you to join him. See, here's what we do with God, right? We're like, God, you join me. I mean, right, we make a lot of plans and then we ask God to bless those plans. And God, here's what I have for my life. Here's what I have for my family. Here's what I have for my career. Here's, God, I've kind of laid it all out now. And God, all I need you to do is bless it a little bit and I'm gonna do my own thing, right? And God, I just need a little bit of you. And God's going, no, it doesn't work that way. I want you to join me. <laughs> I am the Lord. I am sovereign. I am in control. I am over it all. Join me in what I'm doing. That's when life gets exciting, you guys. That's when we begin to live it out. That's when we see God do miracles. God invites you to join Him. We're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we live with our small dreams. We live with our small plans. God wants us to lift up our eyes and see what He can do. God's at work in this world. There is a spiritual battle that is going on. And for us to know, hey, we're a part of something bigger than ourselves God wants to do amazing things in your life and in our family and in our community. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God still has the best for you? Do you believe that God is still at work in your life? He is. Consecrate yourselves. Remember that? For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. You hold on to Him. You trust Him. (laughs) Even Rahab joined in what God was doing. I mean, here's this prostitute living there in Jericho and she knows, hey, he is the one true God. She's an outsider. She's a Gentile, but she says, I wanna be a part of what God's doing. That's amazing to me. Maybe you've always kind of felt like an outsider. You know, you didn't grow up in church. You you don't know know, like all the books of the Bible or all the Bible stories, but I wanna tell you you're not. Hey, God's inviting you in. God has a plan. God's got a purpose for you. And God wants to use you. Rahab, if you go read Matthew chapter one, you know what? She's in the genealogy of Jesus. You start reading Matthew chapter one, she joins in with what God's doing with the Israelites, God's people then, right? Like God's church today. She joins in, has a son named Boaz. Boaz marries a woman named who? Ruth, right? They have a son named Obed. Obed has a son named Jesse. Jesse has a son named David. David. The most powerful, important king for the Israelites. And Rahab's there. And from David, in the genealogy, comes Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Guys, you're not on the outside. God's inviting you into the bigger story. All those people in Jericho had a chance. They could have jumped in. They could have opened the gates and said, hey, come on, we know that he's God. We want to be a part of what God's doing. But no, they pushed back on God. But Rahab said, no, wait, wait, wait. I want to be a part of this. I want to jump in. I love that. Way to go. Hey, the battle is the Lord's. Guys, the battle is the Lord's. Don't miss that. There's a lot of people who try to discredit miracles. You know, they, they go, oh, well, you know, actually what they were doing as they walked around, they kind of created this trench around and it made the wall unstable. And so when they did it seven times and they blew trumpets and all of a sudden the walls, of course they would fall. I mean, of course they would tumble down. You're like, what? That wasn't Joshua's plan. It was God's plan, right? I mean, Joshua's over there with siege rams and battering rams and, you know, catapults. And, and God's like, no, just walk around. I believe that God's always doing miracles. We just got to open our eyes. And there's times that we go, oh, wow, well, they just, they just got better. They just got well. They just got healed. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was a coincidence. You know, I, it was a coincidence. I get this check in the mail. It was like, oh, wow, it was really low. You know, it's a coincidence these things happen. No, 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 no. There's God incidences. God is at work. God is doing miracles. And I bet if you look back over your life, there are times that you can't explain. There are times, I've been in hospitals when there's doctors who go, I don't know. I can't explain it. I, I don't know. I don't know. They're alive, they should be. I don't know. The battle's the Lord's. And for us to remember that and for us to give him the praise and the glory. Hey, look at this. Number two, be obedient to God. Be obedient to God. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with his king and his fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Hey guys, trust God even when it doesn't make any sense. There's times in your life that God will stir your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit and say, hey, have a spiritual conversation with this person or or pray with this person or or pray in your family or, you know, hey, give or go on this mission trip or serve at church. And you're like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. There's times that God's gonna stir in you. Trust Him. Be obedient to Him. That's our call. See, God is teaching us to trust Him. A lot of times we think it's the outcome. We think, well, if it goes really well, then God must have been in it, you know? But there's sometimes it doesn't go real well. And God was in it. But God was in it teaching us to trust him. Teaching us that God's sovereign, that my life is to follow him. My life is to trust him. I'm growing in my faith. So the next time I face a challenge, I don't have to be afraid. The next time I face a struggle, I know that God's power is there. And am I growing? Am I maturing? And saying, I want to live my life for the glory of God. God's teaching you. He's teaching us to trust him. God will call us to do things for him outside of our comfort zone. I want you to know that. Because I think a lot of times what we want to do is kind of live in our comfort zone. We want to be comfortable. That's the American way, right? I want air conditioning. I want enough money. I want everything about me. I want to go to the spa. I I just want to be comfortable. But God's always calling us to step out that's where faith grows. Faith's like a muscle. You've got to exercise it. That's where you grow. You step out, you serve, you give, you pray, you help. You see a need, you meet it. Man, that's what God wants us to do. Finish strong. Hey guys, don't miss this. The seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout. I love that. Exclamation point. Everything in you. For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that are in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Move your faith into action. Move your faith into action. A lot of times it's easier to stay on the sidelines, right? And then watch people out there. Oh, man, look at them. They're doing great. You know, I mean, they're inviting people to church and they're sharing their faith. and They're being baptized. Oh, that's, that's awesome for them. And it's easy for us to stay over. And God's going, no, jump in. Step out. Follow me. It says in the book of James, the New Testament, faith. Without deeds is dead and useless. (laughs) I can say I have faith, but at some point I've got to put it into action. Always go forward in your faith journey. Are you going forward? Are you taking a next step for Christ? Are you taking a next step of obedience? What is God calling you to? Are you always moving? Are you always growing? Are you always looking for ways to grow deeper in your faith and stronger in your relationship with the Lord? Always go forward. Live your life fully for the glory of God. Guys, I want every one of us, every one of us to live our life fully for whatever breath we have in our lungs, man. When that day comes and God calls me home, I want to be running into the arms of Jesus. I want to be everything for His glory. I want to live it all fully for Him. That's our heartbeat. That's our desire. Every one of us living it fully, that we don't miss it, we don't settle, we don't just grow comfortable or complacent, we're living it all for the glory of God. You know, as a church, God's calling us to finish strong. He's calling all of us, right, to finish strong here at Rolling Hills Community Church. Two years ago, we launched a campaign called For the Kingdom. And we felt like God was calling us as a church, November of 2018, for the next three years, God's saying, hey, here's these things that I want you to do. I want you to invest in the next generation. I want you to find a permanent home for our Nolansville campus. I want a permanent home for our Nashville campus. I want you to invest in the expanding the Franklin campus and helping grow up the next generation of leaders. And I want I want you to have two transitional living homes in Moldova. And God's saying, church, I want you to be involved in these things. I want you to help orphans and the vulnerable, and I want you to make a difference. And so we did. November of 2018, we came together across all of our campuses and we prayed and we gave over and above our tithes. We made a three-year pledge, Lisa and I, all of us. And here we are two years into it. And I wanna tell you what God's done. In two years, we've seen God do miracles. I mean, literally miracles. Our Nolensville campus is amazing. I, mean, I love our Nolensville campus. Nolensville was meeting in a school, Nolensville Elementary School. We had to be out of the school. We had no place to go. We're looking for land or anything in Nolensville and it's expensive. Just be honest, right? And we didn't know where to go. And God provided a church. They revive. And people there who were so excited, said, oh, we want to join in what God's doing. And I love the people of Revive. And so we joined together. And now by God's grace, we have a campus in Nolensville sitting on 10 acres right off Nolensville Road. I mean, it's a prime property. We didn't do that. That was the Lord. All glory to him. I mean, that was a miracle. And the church is thriving. Our Nashville campus, meeting at Belmont, on Belmont's campus, right? We had to be out. We had to leave. Belmont's expanding. We didn't have nowhere to go. You know, real estate in Nashville is kind of expensive, right? So we're praying, like, God, where are we going to go? Park Avenue Baptist. These amazing people. I, I love just their faith, their trust. And they said, we want to join But what God's doing. It became Rolling Hills, Nashville. And now... Park Avenue, right there, four city blocks, right in Sylvan Park and the Nations. I mean, just this amazing place right there. That's a miracle. It's God. There's no other way to explain it. I mean, here at Franklin, you know, our, our area back here for students, middle school and high school, and we didn't know where to go. They're growing and they're growing up and they need the Lord. And, and we had a lease back here who moved out, and so we were able to expand back 30,000 square feet. And this area for middle school and high school students, which allows us to expand what's happening with preschool and children. Praise be to God. But I want to tell you guys, God's not finished. God is still at work. And so here's what I believe God's calling us to in this next year. From November 2020 to November of 2021. Here's what I believe God wants us to do. For our Nolensville campus, we need to expand. I want you to see this picture. You know, right now, we're going to expand on the current facility because we have a great facility, but we need to be bigger. We're going to add a 400-seat auditorium. You can see that on this drawing. So there's the current building at the top. This is going to allow preschool and children's rooms. It's going to allow us to continue to grow the learning center there and really make an impact in Nolensville, to reach Nolensville for Christ. Hey, in our Nashville campus, you know, I love this. But you can see we've been refurbing this older building and putting a lot of energy in. And Pastor Jason and Nolensville and Pastor Nick and Nashville. And man, you can see just the way it's growing there. But there's still more work to do. It's an old building. I mean, we've got AC issues and other things. We've got to continue to work and expand. At Franklin, man, you can see what's happening with our kids. New fourth and fifth grade space. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's awesome. Then kindergarten through third grade space. Raising up the next generation. Your kids, my kids, our grandkids, the future. Leaders right here. We're also looking at expanding some parking outside and then it'll add some sports fields so the kids can have a place to play and a new playground. It's exciting. But God has said, hey, these campuses, it's awesome. But God's also expanding into online. Do you know online's our biggest campus? I mean, who would have believed? But the opportunity that we have now to tell our friends and our our extended family, hey, join with our church and we can let people know, join in. There are people watching all around. I want to see this map. These little dots represent where people are watching or joining in from. All 50 states in the U.S., 17 countries are part of what God's doing. People watching. We're going to expand that impact, that influence because you are being faithful. But not only that, we're talking about 2021 having a Columbia campus. Columbia is growing. It's expanding. A lot of people are driving up to Franklin. So T. Lusk, who's on our staff as our college and young adults, his family, lives down that way, and we're going to have a campus there. And some of you, God may call you to be a part of the launch team. And if you live down that way or in South Spring Hill and say, hey, I want to be a part, and we're going to plan a new work because there's people here who need the Lord. And we're going to go to Columbia. But not only that, God has called us as this church here in Middle Tennessee to make a difference in Moldova, the smallest, poorest country in the former Soviet Union. And we have two transitional living homes through Justice and Mercy International, up in Belts in the north, two at Kishnau in the capital, but we want two more in the South. These orphan children come out of these orphanages at 15 or 16. They have no place to go, no place to go. And they are real live kids that we know, and that we can make a difference in their lives for the glory of God. We're going to adopt a country. And we're going to ask people, we're going to say, hey, would you sponsor a child? You'll hear more next week about that. And would you pray for them that we build these homes and they'll have a hope and a future. You guys, this is exciting. And this is only the Lord, right? And in the middle of this, God is growing us as his disciples. God's calling us to be men and women after his heart and to trust him as we step out in faith. And so here's the thing. I'm not going to call us to go walk around cities, right? Let's go to Columbia and walk around. But here's what I am going to call us to do. For the next 21 days, would you pray? Would you pray? Because the battle is the Lord's. So starting today, for the next 21 days, from October 25th to November 15th, let's pray every day. God, what do you want to teach me? And God, what do you want to do through your church? How do you want to use us? And then one day a week over the next three weeks, would you fast? And that means to give up something, right? Just one day a week, one day a week from sunup to sundown. Would you say, hey, I'm not going to eat today. And every time I get that hunger urge, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for what God wants to do in these 21 days, what God wants to do through his church for the kingdom. I want to pray that we finish strong. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's social media. That might be harder than food, you know. But whatever it is that you're going to fast from one day a week over the next three weeks. If you're here at one of our campuses, you saw this brochure, you got this, you'll get one in the mail. But I would love for you to take it and pray through it. If you're watching online, you can go to our website and just see what God's calling us to. And in the back, you'll see on November 15th, after 21 days, we're going to come together at all of our campuses. And we're going to make a commitment or a recommitment to God. And we're going to say, I'm in. For some people, they're new. And we've been going for two years, but we're for another year, you know, maybe for 12 months and say, hey, I want to give over and above my tithe and I want to invest. Maybe you're from Revive Campus or you're from Park Avenue Campus or you're new to Rolling Hills, Franklin, you're new somewhere around the world. And we're going to say, hey, I'm going to give. I believe I'm going to pray and give for one more year. Let's do this. Let's finish strong. Maybe, maybe you're saying, hey, I've already committed for three years. Like Lisa and I, we're going to finish. We're going to finish that pledge we made. Maybe for you, it's been a tough time. We recognize that. I know COVID's taken a toll on a lot of people and I want you to know, hey, maybe this is your time just to pray. You don't need to give anything. It's okay. We understand. But we are praying with you and praying for you. But for others, during this COVID time, you've been blessed. (laughs) I mean, it's been amazing. God's provided in ways you couldn't even imagine. Maybe some of you have already paid off your your pledge and now you're going, I wanna help somebody else. You know, I'm walking around, right? With other people and, and I wanna help them. I wanna invest together and so we're going to come and do that together hey let me just challenge you and encourage you this don't stop in your spiritual life don't quit don't back away I can imagine when they're walking around the city the first day everybody's so excited the second day they're kind of like uh the third day they start a little bit of complaint like I don't know maybe this isn't a great plan you know Maybe the fourth day, they're like, Joshua's kind of lost it, hadn't he? I mean, what's going on? And the fifth day, they're like, oh man, nothing ever's gonna happen here. This is crazy, right? But the sixth day, they're all tired and they're going around. But then comes the seventh day. (laughs) Hey, don't quit on day six. You know what? There's so many people who've missed out on miracles in their lives because they quit on day six. You don't quit. You don't walk away. You don't back down. God's doing something incredible in your life. There's something maybe you've prayed about for years and years and years. Don't stop. God is faithful, and God's gonna bring a miracle. You hold on to him. Your best days are still ahead. Remain faithful. Day seven is coming. Day seven is coming. I'm so thankful Jesus didn't quit. I gotta tell you that. I am so thankful, because there was a time, right? Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. I know what lies ahead, I know the cross. The pain of a crucifixion. God, if there's any other way. But then Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done, God. And Jesus went to that cross for you and for me. Literally on the cross, he was thinking about you and me. And what were the last words that Jesus said on the cross? It's finished, it's finished. The price has been paid, right? No longer are we separated from God, no longer are we sinful, are we outsiders looking in. Jesus paid it all that we could have eternal life with the King of kings and Lord of lords, that we will reign supreme, that we will be at a feast, a smorgasbord, ride to heaven one day, the wedding feast of the Lamb. We will spend eternity there because Jesus didn't quit for us. Oh, that we would follow, that we would trust. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he brought his disciples together and he said, let's share the Passover meal so that you'll remember, that you'll remember So I want to invite you at all of our campuses and invite you here to to take the elements. If you're watching online, I want to invite you to go in the kitchen, grab some bread or crackers or some wine or some grape juice. and, And let's come together today to remember. I want to pray for us. and Then we're going to go to our campuses and Pastor Jason, Pastor Nick. But let me pray right now as we get ready to share communion together. Father God, thank you for your son Jesus and the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. The greatest gift we could ever be given, that we have salvation, that we don't have to live in fear. So God, let us be strong and courageous. Let us not be afraid or discouraged today because you're with us wherever we go because of what Jesus has done for us. And so now we come to communion, the Lord's Supper, to remember, to praise you, and to celebrate the miracle and the grace of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, just download our Rolling Hills app or visit us on our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways that you can connect. Thanks for listening. We're thankful for you.